Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. This is it. This is Katie and Jonathan after dark. We are. Um, this is all to. This is going out to all the night owls out there. Um, all the meth heads. All the meth party heads. and play, baby. Yeah, and all the and all the gay guys who couldn't hook up at the club. <laughs> You're too sad. So you <laughs> fucked him instead. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked a meth head. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, the uh, my name is Jonathan Cerda Raul. And I am Catherine Ingrid French, a.k.a. Katie French. <laughs> and welcome to Living with, with Jonathan and Katie. We didn't harmonize, but I feel like it sounded to us that we did. But I know that we didn't. I think that harmony is what you want it to be. Hashtag fake harmony. <laughs> well, here's the thing. When singing together, and this is this is a cornerstone that the audience is going to need to know, the listeners out there, about our relationship. Singing together is a is a big pillar of it who is. we are. Um, I have always thought that the male should always take the higher part and the female the lower part because that blend, it makes it harmonious. And that's why I've always felt it's great that men make the higher wages and women make the lower wages. <laughs> exactly. It's they perfect. They take it's their perfect harmony. <laughs> they take their vocal place in society. In the world. Um, no, honestly, me and my boyfriend, we didn't even go a minute and I already am talking about that I have being a boyfriend. Gay. About being gay. Yeah. Butt sex. <laughs> the agenda, gay agenda is alive and strong here. Butt sex. <laughs> um, he cannot, he has a beautiful voice and it's particularly a fal- falsetto, but he doesn't know anything about music. So when I like tell him like, babe, stay on the melody, <laughs> right? Because he, he know he can like, he can hear a tune and just sing it. And I'm like, and I will sing the harmony because he doesn't get what a harmony is. And then he will always jump up to my harmony. And I'm like, stay on the melody. Oh. And he just goes, I'm naturally talented. And now, who plays melody in bed? Um, it depends on what that means. Um, if it yeah, means... who is, is a top? Who plays harmony, top or bottom? <laughs> I would say the bottom plays melody because that's they like... They keep the beat. They keep the beat. <laughs> um, but the top plays harmony because honestly, harmony is harder and to top is harder than And it's really, end. it's the notes you don't hear. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing about it. Also, I, I, this is, I'm going to say something controversial about all the gay bottoms out there. Bottoming is so fucking easy. Like, like all you have to worry about is not shitting on them. <laughs> but besides that, you just literally open your hole oh and God. tune out and just let the top do its thing. But the top has to stay hard, has to eat you out. I mean, we're already talking about all this. <laughs> Open up and tune out. That's what I've always said. I like that I'm lounging. Um, well, first of all, welcome to our brand new podcast, episode one. Brand spanking new. Now, for those of uh, for those people in the LA comedy scene who may know us, it may seem strange that five years into our best friendship, we are just starting a podcast together. Yeah. If we were on track, we would have done it two weeks in. Yes, absolutely. Um, and yes, does the world need another podcast? From us, they do. From the yeah, yeah, because you know what? They don't have a podcast from a straight white witch, yes, and a gay Latino demon. That's true. Yes, we are the first. Yes, double penetration <laughs> podcast. Why are we yeah. going so dirty? So I don't know because it's easy. I'm That's also, what all the good comics say. Dirty's easy. Yeah, and everyone who works clean is the best comic. That's why Christian comics make the most are money. iconic. Wait, do Christian comics actually make the most money? I would yeah, not because be they play mega churches. That is, we're all in the wrong industry. We, this is our problem being Satanist comics. <laughs> Satanists are poor, and I've always said that because Satan Satanists do no, the noble work. Yeah, because they do the real work. They do the real, <laughs> the real work. unpaid work. <laughs> Honestly, I do love how Satanists are like 
not literal. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, you worship Satan. And then they're like, you're being so literal right now. I do love that they are like metaphorically. Honestly, Satanists are, I think, the world's first hipsters. They're like, it's a metaphor. It's ironic. Like, get it. I know that's I feel you like know? that's how I call myself a Britney fan like I'm like have I ever bought her albums no but that's a lie but I follow Katie I in the 90s you never bought her albums one, no this is a true story I own one Britney Spears intellectual property and it is the single of hit me baby one more time and it has a b-side where like you know how on when you would buy singles it would be like that artist promoing another one yes and I'll have to look this up I can't remember but I just remember that the single would play and then Britney would go, Hey y'all, I just want to introduce you to my new friends, black street or like <laughs> somebody. <laughs> it was some young, like cool. And she literally is like, they're a bunch of cool guys. Listen up. <laughs> oh my God. I would love it. If the timeline actually worked out where Britney Spears was introducing black street. That is hilarious. I can't remember who it is. I'll have to look. I mean, it definitely was I, not black. I literally street, own but... the, the, this title, but I just remember her being like my new friends. They're cool guys. Was it 98 Degrees? No. It was a black, some black group. Wow. So yes, it was 98 Degrees. <laughs> they were a very black Probably group. Probably the most successful black group of all time. Honestly, I do, I would not be surprised if all their producers were black men and wrote their songs. Oh, they were, but that's how all music goes. And then they just put the white boy front, uh, white boy in the, in the band and they are the. Well, he had an earring, I guess. Yeah. Wait, so you weren't in, so Katie's ancient. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's. Uh, do you want to reveal your age? Um, 305. Right. But not a day over 295. Right. So I should say. you can imagine by the late 90s, she was a little past her prime for, <laughs> for Britney, you know? Um, I was prime for Britney because I was only, um, 212 in the late 90s. So I, I bought all of her stuff. I bought yeah. tickets to her Onyx hotel. Is it hotel? Uh, the Onyx. Oh, the Onyx. The Onyx tour. tour. Yeah. And she broke her ankle and had to like refund us all and we were devastated devastated i went and saw her at the circus tour and it was post blackout breakdown oh no and it was her first tour where it was a stadium tour and they did not have cameras on her there was no big screens like you know every other place right obviously because you're like i'm paying all this money i need to at least see their face via camera right none because she was so unpredictable and so you literally just watched like little ants performing and it was like a big spectacle circus. It was very Moulin Rouge. Were people saying shit? No. Like commenting like, why isn't there a big screen camera? I don't think like the internet was that popping. I don't know. It was it was quite obvious that they were like hiding her. That was the tour too where a fan walked like ran on stage and then she like had a meltdown. Really? Do you, okay, do you know about the leaked Britney audio? This is like the first viral Britney. It was like Napster era. It's from her early show. Do you remember? She's backstage and her hot pack mic is still on. And she's like... Yo, my pants are too short. My fucking pussy's hanging out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I vaguely remember we this. About this. It was like an early, like literally, it's like probably her first tour. I mean. She was in Brazil. That is so funny. That is so funny. Well, at least, at least in Brazil, no one could understand. I mean, I know yeah. there, there are people who speak English in Brazil, but like, even if that like, what, so it didn't go over the loudspeaker, right? It was just kind of like a It leaked. was at the, no, the, the, um, the crowd heard it because whatever this is from is probably from the soundboard like the sound guy probably caught it because oh everyone heard God. it she literally she goes she's like Ugh. she's like they're they're fucking vamping oh she's mad too because someone's late or i don't know yeah, and yeah. then she's like y'all my pants are too short and then she literally says like my fucking pussy's hanging out 
<laughs> but honestly, do do does your pussy just like sometimes hang out if no, pants are short? No, I think the problem was that it was a Y2K pant. And so it was very, I want to say what she's saying is, <laughs> Not her pants are too short that they were too low. Right. Oh, yeah, because that was like literally the pussy crack. You know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, it was about. a one inch. Yeah, it's it like. It was a one like, inch zipper or a go home. Yeah, it like literally just covered your pussy crack. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I loved those pants. It is weird like when I would like try on like my sister's clothes or whatever, like that they were too fat to like continue <laughs> to wear back, back in the day. Cause they're totally like, they're like early nineties uh, yeah. uh, kids. Right. Um, so when I would like get into puberty and like, I started to get thin, you know, cause I was a little chubster when I was a little kid, but when I started to thin out and I was like, Oh, maybe I could like fit into these like cute, like 1995 leather pants that they would wear to the club. Um, it would, they would be so they low. They make leather dickies. <laughs> My sisters are famous cholas. Famous um, cholas, yeah. They, so they were so low that like my like full like pubic mound and bush would like hang over onto the leather thing. And it was probably one of the grossest things that I've ever seen. (laughs) So disgusting. So I honestly understand what Bernie was talking about. It was y'all. My pussy was literally hanging (laughs) out. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, So Um, Katie, who the fuck are we? Who are we? We're asking ourselves that all the time. We are two LA based stand-up comedians and writers and not just la based we are so cal raised i say so cal because you're oc yes and i am la i'm legit yeah and i'm the immigrant right you she she immigrated here um yeah we are comedians uh we've been doing stand-up for close to a decade now 200 years yes um and uh, we just, we thought the world needed another podcast. Yes, very much so. We want to talk to people who are actually interesting because that's yes. the thing about comedy right now. It's not interesting. Right. It's it's a lot of, you know, kind of feeding back into the well. You know what I mean? Very like incestuous. A lot of like. A comedian recently told me, I said, what's your podcast about? And he told me with a straight face. I really am just trying to revive the art of conversation. We had a web series uh, also named Living with Jonathan and Katie, which was acclaimed. Um, millions of, of views. Upwards um, of, I mean, 50s of views. Fi- 50 million. 50s. <laughs> and um, yeah, w- this is basically that. But we needed to do something that was not, um, you know, $10,000 to produce every year. So we wanted to do something that is um, that, that we can keep releasing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of things these days that people are putting out, and by people I mean um, all of our peers. No. <laughs> and you know what, Katie? We're here to fix it. We're here to, we're here to fix the problem. We're here to, oh, yeah. I, I, if it, oh. Just go. Yeah. Um, no, but a lot of stuff I feel like these days that you listen to, it's either like really boring fluff. Right. Or it's like a 10-part series on the Louis C.K. drama, and I don't care. Or it's That's like, my other podcast, but whatever. Yeah. Or it's like, I was a child bride inside of a bunker for 25 years. And you're like, okay, well, I am bummed out right now. Well, if, I would love to talk if to there them. are no, ch- yeah. child brides out there who were raised in bunkers, we would love to interview Just you. Just tap on the ceiling right now. Yes, to let us <laughs> and know. And get rescued and then write a book and then we'll talk to you. Yes. We're basically going to be interviewing interesting guests. If we will be interviewing some comedians, but it's not necessarily going to be about like what they do in comedy. It's going to be about like comedians who had, I don't know, like a tragic past. Did they slap Oprah one time and jailed for five years? Did they serve in Vietnam and, you know, survive like that type of thing? You know, we want to, we want to know about the world, you know, because we are here 
in our studio apartment that we've been sharing for 200 years together. Yeah, 200 years. Um, and we just, we need, we need something to do. We want to live. We yes. all want to live. Yeah. Um, so we thought for episode one, since we will be interviewing everybody else, we thought, you know what? Why don't we just interview ourselves? Let's let the people know who we are, what we do. Right. What we care about and all those things. So right. if you don't know, if so, you're not my mom. So Katie, I'm going to treat you. I'm going to, I'm going to treat this like it's a general. Okay. At, at some big comedy company, <laughs> a comedy company. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to treat this. So who, Katie, who are you? Thank you so much. And yes, I will have a water. Thanks. Um, I, my name is Katie French. I am a stand-up comedian, 400 years old. I'll decide on my age later. Um, I, am a comedian and writer. I was born and raised in Orange County, California. Actually, I wasn't born there. I'm from Orange County. Wait, where were you born? San Diego. That is so... Also, aka the pits of hell. <laughs> I feel very betrayed that I don't. I never knew that. It's okay. Legally, it's fine. You're a border baby. I am. That's why, again, <laughs> I am an immigrant and I need to stand with dreamers right now. Um, I mean, actually, we do. Yeah. Moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. <No. laughs> I'm a comedian, and I met you, actually, I think my first year doing comedy. What? Oh, yeah, yeah we did. We, we did. We yes. met when we were children. Yes. We just had little devil tails. Yes. And we were the only non-white men, straight white males in the yes. room. And it was literally like, in my mind, I remember seeing you on stage the first time, and you were so young, you were a child, truly. I was, I was, I, I started comedy when I was 18, and I think we may have met when I was either 18 and a half or 19 truly so still a teenager and I was fat yes yeah and I still remember I know you don't do this joke but this is with when I like fell in love with you is because you were telling a joke about how you would go to a place where there was a hot guy who was like hand shaving chocolate yes I don't know what I don't know what it was but I remember you said the line that you were like annoyed at him and you were like are you trying to make me come in the shower three hours from now? Because he looked so hot shaving chocolate. And I do remember the joke just lighting up the room. Yeah. Um. It, it literally, it did actually hit. Never worked ever again. One of those. After, like, I've still to this day tried to make that line work. And it's like, let it go. I, That's just not going to work. I don't know. I loved it. And I was like, I don't know who this kid is, but I love him. And um, we would, like, casually see each other. You were L.A. I was Orange County. We were star-crossed comedians. Yes. And we would see each other at the coffee gallery coffee gallery in Altadena and um and then a few years later I moved to LA and I was like I'm here bitch and I bombarded you and I was like um we need to start a show and you verbatim said I don't really even know you and then I said it'll be fine (laughs) and then we just like started a show and we did and it's now five years later and um here we are uh sitting and on we've, the floor we've gotten development deals we've lost them we've been canceled we've <laughs> <laughs> no honestly if we had ever had the success to get a development deal and then be canceled i would be so i would feel so much better about myself right now in terms of our career you yeah. know what i'm saying and i know we have we're, we we do not do stand-up jointly um but we do do a lot of stuff together outside of stand-up yeah um but yeah, we mostly spells, mostly spells, mostly blood magic. Blood magic. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've done a lot of, of things together, um, like uh, sketches yeah. that that went viral, sketches that uh, failed. Yes. Um, shows that failed. Shows in which I got maybe drunk, maybe enraged at, and maybe perhaps made a scene <laughs> um, at my own show. Uh, many you shows got like that. Canceled at. 
we will never tell i don't know i didn't get canceled no, no, no. i canceled everyone yeah that is that is true you canceled everyone at one show i canceled the show during the show dramatic <laughs> meltdown um honestly i'm much better now that was four years ago that was six months ago okay <laughs> no, 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 i have it was grown not. <laughs> guys industry may be listening i know they need to know that i'm only just a little crazy because you know <laughs> you can't get wrapped without a little crazy um yeah I, what do we need to know the highlights about me uh my parents met at the renaissance fair yes. i was raised in uh white pagan culture mm-hmm. got it and then you resigned yourself for a few years to a life of orange county suburbia yes which if you don't have any aspirations to do anything showbiz honestly could be great yeah especially if you're like white and young you know what i mean oh, but young professional you have an after after work kickball league yeah you have an after work ping pong championship right you have your favorite bar you have a craft brewery you play a lot of like adult jenga did you have an after school skull hunting group or whatever Ugh, not anymore (laughs) (laughs) we we all broke up um this is also a big part of our friendship yeah because we're trying now to be we've been dark witches for a long time and now we're trying to like move towards the light because it's a new era it's a new decade we're about to enter yeah we're about to enter the 2020s guys This is huge. 2020, time to murder all our husbands. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think that we have just been, I mean, not living in negativity. I feel like you have been the positive. You've been the white light. Of your life. Because you're white. Literally every man in my life, it's like I am the light of their life. And like, that's a hard burden for me to carry. (laughs) Well, I think you are attracted to the dark a little (laughs) bit. Like your boyfriend. I am of the dark. But I live in the light. Yeah, like I, I feel like I veer very negative sometimes, or I can like I can, I can um, dread a lot and like let that dread just like get to me. Yeah. Um, because there's something addicting about the, the toxicity, tr- the dread. You know, not the exactly drama. being toxic, but I guess to yourself maybe. You yeah. know, because it only actually affects you. I don't go around like talking to people about like, did you hear about that fire last week? You know, I, I wish I did, but. <laughs> That fire. Well, that's talking about the dread, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. imparting dread upon society. Right. You know, it's like being like an apocalyptic Debbie Downer. Right. Yeah. Apocalypto because you're Latino. Thank you so much. Yes. And 31% indigenous. <laughs> it has been proven. Um, and I say that when I show up to every reservation. Yes. <laughs> Native and other. <laughs> that is very insufferable. Like, um, I will say this, like, um, people who in earnest like we do it in joking but like in earnest be like this is my percentage in my ancestry and this is why you can't tell me shit and it's like we can still tell you shit yeah yeah just because you're dumb right all colors can be dumb yeah what was your ancestry Um, results (laughs) 99.9 percent white and zero and 0.00 what one percent it was like east east asian but really they meant like siberian russian Oh, yeah. So that means you have like one ancestor who was banished to Siberia. Yeah. Interesting. And that was the fun aunt, I'm sure. <laughs> Whoever it was, she was probably like, like, no one's hot. No, it's like your grandmother, didn't she leave her village because no one was hot? Oh, no, no, no. She didn't leave her pueblo. What she did is she like didn't get married until she was 30. And okay. this was like in the 50s. And everyone was like, you're going to become barren like you're way too old to not be married and she was like literally everyone here is boring and then my abuelito came into the 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 town because he was from a different 
part of Michoacán in Mexico. And she was like, who is this? And he was younger by five years. And they Escanalo. ended up, yeah. And they ended up getting married. And she was like, kind of like being like a, I don't know if she was dumb bitching or if she was like purposefully didn't know, but either way, it's kind of cute. Where like, he would like sing to her outside of her work every day. And he, she was like, it's for like, you know, my friend, I guess. And then he had to finally be like, no, it was, to you, oh. you know, which I think it was her being dumb bitching. That's dumb being, bitching. Yeah. Okay, we just okay. So we have our own like vocab. Yes. So being a dumb bitch, d being, d being, is when you like someone, um, and you're like coming up with like a dumb reason to text them. Yes. It's like when you hang out with somebody and you like think they're hot, and then like three days later you go like. Hey, what was that one really famous movie with Julia Roberts we were talking about? And right. it's like, bitch, you could Google that, but that's a DB text. Yes, it's like a very obvious, thinly veiled thing that you do just to open up a conversation yeah. with someone. And it doesn't need to necessarily be with someone who you are romantically interested in. Yeah. It could be someone that you're sexually interested in or just a friend who you just want to talk to, you know? A dumb bitch text is not, how are you? That's not a dumb bitch text. No, no, no. Dumb bitch texts. Like, I was like, what? Or it's like if someone's like, you look so, like if I was in full like be like full face makeup and then you were like, oh my God, your eye makeup's so pretty. And I was like, what? I'm not even wearing some. Like, I also dumb scary. bitch called you the other day. Oh, you did. And what was yes. it about? I forget. It was like, I just wanted to say something about a mistake that I made in the past. And I was like, and you know what? I'm not sorry. Oh, and yeah. then you were like busy with something and oh, you yeah. were like, please tell me that's not why you called me. And I was like, no, but um, this is why I called you. The cords, <laughs> the cords, they plug into the sockets, right? Are you sure? Did you check that the cords plugged into the sockets? That's very important. And you're like, yes. And then I was like, okay. No, so like, is- that's a dumb bitch text. But then I actually did talk to you about something that did matter. So the call was actually. You do send me a lot of DB texts that are like, uh, which I put on my Instagram when the, when the Carter brothers, Aaron Carter and Nick Carter. We're having um, uh, restraining order issues against each other or whatever. Were they still are? No, I came. You guys, I came out of a movie theater to twenty-five texts from Jonathan, all caps, all of them, and all I saw because it was like a first glance. I was like, why would he send me so much? I just saw like emergency. uh, uh, Carter, like something, and I was like, I thought that you were in the. no, I saw emergency Carter and I read it as like emergency urgent care. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, something must have happened to him. And then it was literally like um, paragraphs about. Yeah. Well, one paragraph about the Carter brothers. And, and then screenshots. it was literally <laughs> the direct uh, quote was, why don't you ever answer your goddamn. Wait, no, hold on. I'm going to actually read. It was in jest. It was in jest. It was just. I know. But, but it did you, you know me. what is weird is like we are sometimes off in that like when I want to actually leave you a voicemail, you answer. And then when I really want to talk to you, you don't answer. You know what I mean? Like because to be honest, the other day when I dumb bitch called you. You just wanted to talk. No, I wanted to leave a voicemail, but you answered on the oh, first yeah. ring. Because so it's... I had to pretend that I was actually like wanting to talk to you. But <laughs> I didn't want to talk to you, girl. I didn't want to talk to you. I didn't want I, to talk to you. I, I wanted to talk to your voicemail. Who, by the way, Katie's voicemail, I have left her so many messages that her voicemail is now mid-sentence cutting me off. 42 seconds into my last voicemail, her voicemail literally, it didn't say like voicemail full. It said, are you satisfied with your message? <laughs> 42 seconds in, like in the middle of a sentence, like your voicemail like, oh, is are we, are you, becoming are you sentient. Are you done? <laughs> it is becoming it's because sentient. you have driven it that crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So all this was about how 
we're trying to be positive now so we want to focus on things we love and one reason that we are friends is because we have so many shared things in common Mm -hmm. that are so many specific shared things like truly when we became friends I felt like I mean you're younger than me but I felt like it was like having a secret little brother who like knew my like we would speak in shorthand in all of our cultural touchstones like everything we loved we like bonded over the like if there was like a little um like movie rom-com montage of our friendship yes it would be like amy winehouse back to black album right 18s 18s who knows the 18s they were a teen cover group of abba in the mid 2000s yes and also can i say there's something about the late 90s early 2000s that connects us and i think even though we were different ages that was an important time for you because that was when you were like coming of age right and for me i think i'm stunted back there because that is when my first trauma occurred and what was that trauma? I mean, we're not going to get into it in this episode, but that's why you have to keep listening. <laughs> what is Jonathan Serdarau's trauma? You know? Um, yeah, it is. And everything we are, and we're very into like, um, you know, any sort of like teen witch situation. Absolutely. We love Lauren Hill. We love Chola Shake- culture. Chola culture. Which is very raised- unique in a gay straight um, dynamic because yes. mostly in Hollywood, you get the white gay straights. Right. Right. Uh, where it's like meaning both of them are so they're not going to dip into chola culture and they're not going to dip into like but katie actually her mom is like an honorary elder white chola (laughs) and katie also went to a school that was like very latino and so i was grew up in orange county in the 80s 90s my mom used to teach at garfield high school in east la which is the high school from the movie stand and deliver and my mom's high school it is your mom's high school and stand and deliver is dead poet society for brown people Mm -hmm. as i like to say um yeah that's when I actually also understood your essence because one day you were telling me about like some road rage incident and I was like, you are like acting like a crazy chola. And then I was like, oh, that's who you are. Yeah. Now I understand That's you who all my sisters because are. Because you were raised among them. Yes. Like, here's the thing. I am someone who is like basically from the LA suburbs, right? Eagle Rock. But I'm raised by like hood people. Like both my parents grew up in that environment. All my sisters grew up in that environment. I'm like the first one in my family to be raised in like a suburban, like non hood area. To be raised Pasadena. To be raised Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock, of course. But, But, um, which is very different. But of course. But it is, it, 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 that is true. So I still have like, like I remember sitting in my car, um, was sitting in the car with my mom and like my mom like you know who was like a benevolent figure like watching this woman like cross the street and she was being like sh- like so like swishy while she walked but so slow my mom was like shake it but don't break it bitch and I was like <laughs> mom and my mom is the nicest like woman from like rural Michoacan in Mexico but like she did grow up mostly in Lincoln Heights and so it's like that did come out in her so that is like I am just constantly boiling. My blood is always boiling when I'm driving. Because you are I'm, a fiery Latina. I, I mean, I hate to feed into the stereotype, but I am. Yeah. You know? And you are Gwen Stefani in the luxurious video. I am exactly that. Yes. Slash and ice queen. We're very fire and ice. Um, no, but yeah, Gwen in the luxurious video is absolutely my essence. In that video, what really is your essence is remember when Gwen at the end arrives to the quince at the park? Yes. And she's like, she's like walking with all the like beautiful kids. And she's wearing um, like Dickie's shorts yes. with um, the Cholo knee high socks. Yes. That's your essence. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you even know um, 
about parts of Chola culture that I didn't even know about because it was like pre my time. Yeah. Like you'll know like bits of like 80s Chola culture, which would then I'll like text my sisters and they're like, yeah, duh. Yeah. You know, so that is actually something that connects us. You know what I mean? Like you would be like, why don't your sisters ever wear Cortezes? And I was like, I don't know why they didn't wear Cortezes. I was like, I don't think they did. Remember, I was like, they didn't. Yeah. And then like I texted them and they were like, yes, we did. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Course. Yeah. But I don't think I like identified it at the time. Yeah. So. But you're a little bit younger. So that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But there are so many things we love. Yes. Yeah. We love. What else do we love? Shakespeare in love. Shakespeare in love. I And I look like a, a bloated ver- version, a bloated light-skinned Latino version of Joseph Fiennes. Oh my God, Joseph Fiennes, love of my life. We actually, I was thinking, I was like, okay, so like if we had a show and we were going to do like a bunch of like, or if we were like doing a G, uh, Vanity Fair Emmy spread yes. and then they had like us because we're like partnerships, if they had us as like famous couples or whatever, yes. it would be, we would be the cover of Shakespeare in Love. Yes. Like 100%. Yes. Um, and Chris, your boyfriend, uh, would be Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yes. In the <laughs> middle, just looking down <laughs> upon us, like in darkly, you know? Yeah. You would be um, Frida. You would be Salma <laughs> Hayek being victimized by Harvey Weinstein and Frida. <sighs> okay. Can we talk about for a second Salma Hayek's beautiful? I, I am gay. Tits. I am not trying to objectify. Her beautiful breasts yeah. in that, those were breasts, like yeah. artful. When they took off that plaster cast and you saw her like amazing breasts, yeah. it is truly great. Like this is what I do love about being gay. I can appreciate your breasts. Like Katie has great breasts. Thank you. I've had an, another um, another friend of mine who I saw her breasts and I was like, those are beautiful. And they were not big. They were just very beautiful. T- uh, tasteful. Yeah, but Salmas are big. They yeah. can be beautiful in all different sizes, but it was like, oh I'm my God. Gwyneth. In Shakespeare in Love. You are. I actually, every night I come home and I unbandage my breasts. You actually are a bit <laughs> a bit bustier than Gwyneth. You know that because um, Gwyneth could bind herself real easy. And I yeah. feel like it wouldn't take a kind of time. You'd I'd need have to a do maid. a few more um, twists. In yeah. There. <laughs> you would need two maids. Yeah. <laughs> my handmaids. I will bind my breasts and hold my breath. I don't know. What's the line? Um, until, oh shit. I'm ashamed of it. I can't remember it, but. Yeah, we would be Shakespeare in Love. Um, we could also be... Uh, uh, Although you I weren't into thinking, the craft. Oh, no. You know who else we are? Velma Kelly and Roxy <gasps> Hart. Yes! Yes. Okay, wait. But who is whom? You're Velma. I'm Vel? Yeah. Is it because I'm fatter? It's because you're more <laughs> dramatic. It is kind of true. Also, I'm and then meaner. I'm the, you're the meaner, dramatic one. And then I'm the like quiet one that's like, I'll cut you later. Or I'll like surpass you later. I'll, I'm like, yeah. I'll say nothing now, but in 10 years, I will destroy you. You will surpass me later. I have a few vendettas I'm working on currently. What it, I, What if that is our trajectory in career? What if you surpass me, but then we end up at the end of our career doing a double act? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in prison. <laughs> Uh, um what else also oh, i did kind of want to circle back to talk about the 18s um yes. because i have noticed this like theme in two bands what is it what's that what's that sweet this is before both of our time but like what's that like other swedish Ace band that Base. was like, yes ace of base it's always like two swedish women who are beautiful who are like literally doing all the singing same with abba right yeah. and then two guys who are doing nothing I, what do they do nothing literally nothing they yeah. i know that they don't well for sure the 18s guys didn't do anything i well, could believe ace of base and abba maybe they they wrote the as stuff someone who personally saw the 18s in concert <laughs> in disneyland in i believe 2002 okay weeknight concert big deal got to go <laughs> and halfway through the set of lip syncing which i'm sure was hard one of them went and like jumped you know how like they do that fun guys do that fun split where it's like half of a sp- like they go on one knee or whatever yeah um he 
hurt his ankle <gasps> mid set, and I I'm th- I think his name was probably like Svansen Karn, like I don't Svansen know Karch. whatever it was, and he was trying to perform through it like a beast, but he couldn't, and you could see he kept like hurting. It was the blonde one, and um, they had to cut the 18 set short, which was very sad. But I do remember that they were just like you know like. Thank you to being here, America. Like you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I was like, "What do they do in this band?" And then I remember they both, the guys, like they took a breath and they went, "What's that song?" It goes like that. they go, "Take a chance, take 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 a chance on me." Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. They had to say that for probably five minutes straight. Oh my god! And I was like, that is hard to like say that nonstop. Especially English not being there, like fluent language because they weren't like completely fluent when they got famous which is fine because they were all 14 when they got famous right. so they weren't even done with their english schooling yet yes. <laughs> you know take a chance take a chance take a chance take a chance they did actually still play a lot of 18s when i was in europe this past summer the most europe i love it thing was we were walking through like the graffitied alleys of lisbon in portugal and we were walking from this like boring bear bar that we went to and i like bears but um, it was just kind of like not happening. So then we like walked to this like Twinkie bar th- that was like tiny and they all thought I was Spanish because I look very Spanish. Right. And um, so every so the bartenders were like talking to me in terrible Spanish because Portuguese people speak better English than they do Spanish. Mm. So I could pretend like I was from Spain and like be like judging their Spanish or whatever. But they were all playing like 18s remixes. Oh, it was. And, oh, heaven. and the floor lit up and it was a tiny thing. It was like an 18s music video. But it was weird because it was in like this like dingy part of Lisbon that kind of looked like if you picture like poor parts of Havana. That's kind of what it looked like. And you just like walked into this like super modern bar inside this like old, old building. It was was cool. And I just had wished you were there. I love Europe because it is always 2004. Mm -hmm. The style. The men are wearing capris, you know. Yeah. I miss, um, I miss when my hair was kind of like short and and flippy i remember i i miss when a girl could look in the mirror with sort of spiky flippy layers yeah and just be like i am the most beautiful woman in the world in wide leg capri pants and a flippy haircut oh another thing to let the any listeners know more about you is explain to anyone who has not seen our web series who your mom is and what that means to you my mother is uh, a woman who is eccentric. She, my mother trained in circus arts in the 70s. She trained as a mime. She's a juggler. She juggles torches and knives when she's trying to pull focus from me all the time. Um, and she is also a Spanish teacher. And she's just like a whack. Like when you imagine like just an eccentric, fun, middle-aged lady in turquoise and a lot of like not scarves but wraps. Yeah. It's my mom. You know, and, and she is the kind of person would be like, so nice to see you, Jonathan. S- Wait. So nice to see you, Jonathan. Serdaral. Yeah. Like she, she would like really she do loves it. an accent. She loves um, a cultural. Yeah. That is like a it is interesting to know, like to me, you are very exciting. But then meeting your mom and your sister, realizing you're the most conventional the out of the three. One. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you adding your aunt. Yeah. You are the most conventional. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because then your sister is also a wonderful woman who, if you she, want to. My sister, Ingrid, hello, shout out, yes. our number one. Uh, yeah, she's an actress. Yeah, hello, she's, sister. Hello, sister. <laughs> uh, yeah, my sister. They're all like Renaissance Fair kind of folk cultural right. people. Um, and I'm the, yeah, I'm like the, boor, I'm the black sheep in a family of black sheep. Yeah. See, Meaning I'm the blonde sheep. 
Are you really the only true blonde? No, no, no. I just mean. Oh, okay. Just that. Because I was about to weir- post on your mom and sister's yeah. Facebook. <laughs> Bottle blondes, bitches. <laughs> um, no, no. that is interesting because you, I think that's one thing that attracts me is in inside your blood, you have like an ethereal witch like European Wicca ancient Elven. realm type thing yeah. going on. I'm very yeah. um Kate Blanchett in Lord of the Rings. You really are. Right. That is kind of your bloodline. Yeah. And in my bloodline, it's like hood Latina bitches who are kind of homophobic, but also will like But will beat anyone up at any time on your behalf. Yes, that is true. Um but then like we'll say something cutting to you but then like text you later that they love you. It's very weird but also just like fiercely loyal, I would have to say. That's true. Although I don't speak to one of my sisters. Um and I would love to continue to keep it that way. <laughs> um But I do think that both of us are like the most boring of our family. Well, I like to think that I'm the fun one, but... Well, meaning, like, the one... Like, for instance, you're the most conventional of your family. And I'm... If it's if it's okay to believe, I am the least troubled out of my out of my family, and that is amazing to me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my sisters have been shot and stabbed, and, and have shot and stabbed. Yeah, and also, and like my my the sister that I yeah, and and done that too, and the sister that I just found out about my Puerto Rican sister, she's been through a lot of hard stuff in her life yeah. too, and so you know. With me, like, yes, I've been through, like, the gay thing's hard and all that stuff. But it's, like, it, it's, like, it, it helps when, like, you know, you could you you could afford growing up to get the, like, actual brand Cap'n Crunch and not right. the off-brand. That's, do you, you think know that's what, what made you gay? Uh, <laughs> sugary brand, cereal, yes. Rainbow on-brand Cap'n Crunch. Yes, absolutely. Is it rainbow? I can't remember. I forgot. Oh, well. Um, what else do we have on our list Okay. to talk about? <laughs> oh, what new beginnings? What do you... Oh, yeah, the new beginnings. What else so, Katie, what are you looking forward to now coming up in your life, especially embarking on the new decade? Yes. I'm. Well, I'm very excited because um, I have been living in a small cave for the last five years since yeah. I moved to L.A., and I just got a one-bedroom apartment. So the coven is upgrading, and it's going to be very exciting. I have a whole palm springs gay it's in my mind it's like i'm my new place is like very bright and sunny so it's going to be like my my gay palm springs getaway mm-hmm. yeah um and i'm very excited to decorate that it's a block away it's literally <laughs> it's one block away but a million miles um and i've been wanting to grow emotionally and physically into a larger space yes that's what i'm looking forward to um and i am tired of like just in general i feel like because the larger political world is so crazy and everyone's just screaming at each other Mm -hmm. and stuff it's like i want to not get caught up in all that i think it's just i think it's mostly damaging and toxic like it's not helping anybody i'm just trying to like realign like what do i care about what can i control and who can i help right and how can i like be of service and what what do i actually like to do you know um and just trying not to be um so um, not just talk, not toxic or negative, but like, I, I feel defeatist a lot. I'm very much like yeah. I tried, well, it didn't work. So whatever. So I am wanting to be more like, it's okay. Just keep going one thing at a time. Like you never know. It is true. You never know what the future holds good and bad. Right. And I've had the older you get, the more experiences you have on both sides. Right. So I am just really excited to, um, decorate my house. 
That's great. As every white woman is. <laughs> I think for us, and this is a good thing to do right before you sign this new lease, mm-hmm. remember how in the past we used to come up with like an escape plan strategy where we would go. Or and fantasy life. Yes, we yes. would like quit comedy and like move to like Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree, like the witchy area, but not too far away from Palm Springs if we ever wanted to like go to the gay club. Yeah. Um, and just like live like old witch lifestyles together out in the desert in like a beautiful like adobe house or something. Yeah, little stream trailer. I think for this new decade, our yes. resolution should be no escape plan because That's you're a good signing point. this new lease. You're gonna decorate this house as if this is gonna be your place for like an indefinite time. Yeah. Um, there is no escape plan. I like that. Can we talk about some favorite moments of our uh, friendship? Yes. I feel like we're dying. Yeah. We're both just die on a. <laughs> who can say? But um, no, it was mo- some of my favorite moments of like us being the same person, and being like, "Oh my god!" Okay. One time we were at a Christmas party of a comedian, a very funny friend comedian, oh, yeah. and his girlfriend's friend, mm-hmm. some rando, came up to us, and then he was like, "Hi, I'm Odyssey," and we just looked, at and each we other. just stared at him. <laughs> And we didn't give him anything, I don't think. We didn't, and I could not believe, like, okay, if he was a Greek and had said, like, my name's Odysseus, I'd be like, okay, cool. And if he was, like, anything, like, I just, he said it was such conviction Only and if seriousness. he was a Greek national would we do that. Because he could have been Greek for all we know, but he was American. Sure. Yeah. But, like, I, it's not the, it, just to come up to someone and say, hi, I'm Odyssey. Yeah. And no context, no, like... I know it's yeah. crazy. My parents named me that or da da da. It was just. Also, it's like he knew what he was doing. It reeked of that. It was very like, I just am so excited to say my name. It's like, oh God. And we gave him nothing. And even though you were very good at being like welcoming and professional, even if you don't like feel like that, right? In that moment, I feel like I like overtook your heart <laughs> and we both just iced him in a way where he like didn't talk to us. And that was the right move because yeah. I found out later that he was a jerk because our friend told us. Good. And then we legit, that was like our cue to leave the party. Yeah. We were like, let's get and the I, out. And that's the funny, like, I feel like there's a handful of things that I've never stopped laughing about. And that was one of them. Yeah. Of the a person just said that to us. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, do you have another, can you think of a favorite friendship moment of ours? Um, probably on the best day of our life. Uh, which Stayed is on three. One, two, three. Queen, Queen Mary. Mary. <laughs> yes. So we met a drag queen named Queen Mary. No. Um, we went to the Queen Mary in Long Beach one day. and Shout out to Keith Carey who worked there and who got us tickets. <laughs> yes. And um, Chris was there, but it was really but more it really about But <laughs> <him. laughs> it really wasn't about him. It really wasn't. Well, first of all, the reason you know that it wasn't about him, even though we love him, is that we staged our own wedding at oh, the yes, top of the boat <laughs> and Chris just like became the photographer. Chris is our straight friend. Yes. <laughs> who is also your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> he just became the photographer yeah. and we like got married basically. Yeah. Um, we took all these ones. We took a ghost tour yes. and I seem to remember that every time they would finish the ghost story, I'd, I would go, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would sing in the like the like abandoned underground pool. I'd be oh, like, yeah. Bridges falling down. I would just like sing that during the tour, and no one thought it was funny except no, for us. And but we I had don't... the time of our lives. We yeah. had the best Bloody Mary on the Queen Mary. Well, I didn't. I don't like Bloody Marys. That's where we I diverge. Did then. Yeah. Yes. Um. It was. I don't know. Yeah. What made it? it was just the best day of our lives. Yeah. And it like. I feel like we went to the Queen Mary. We were ghosts. We. And drank. I weighed 160 pounds. That was a good time. I mean, yeah. What a day. Yeah. 
and we've um that was probably three years ago and i don't think we've ever been happier or i don't think i've been that happy since no i honestly feel like that i that day happened and then we've been working so hard on uh, obviously at our day jobs but then at and like vengeance. comedy on, on our revenge, revenge on our day jobs on our comedy stand-up and on writing and on our projects that we work on together and so it's been three and a half years since then and we have not um had any fun except for this moment right now (laughs) now. it does kind of feel like that sometimes you know i don't get like but i'm afraid of being the person you know how there's like these like very business power like workaholic people and they're just like i haven't had a vacation in seven years and i don't even care i don't want to be that person i'm not that person but i'm just afraid that i'll be one because when i put on a blazer i become that person okay but let me ask you this in our business where it's very like um flush and then fam or feast and then famine Mm -hmm. if you ever had like a big thing where it was like okay you like you like you you're getting a lot of attention for xyz right my my sex tape Absolutely. Um, coming 2020. <laughs> and and the sex tape, it's because the jokes in it are hot. Yeah. <laughs> that everyone's like, that dick was not good. That sex was whack. But that those jokes such, are so that hot. That's such a female thing. Okay, I'm going to be like, I'm going to do a very um, feminist empowering thing. And I'm going to do my whole special while I'm fucking a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And you just keep pulling the microphone. No, it's emasculating, too, because the microphone is bigger than his dick. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps, like, having trouble because he's, like... You're also like too funny. Also, there's an audience there, so it's taking him out of it's it. It's a lot. And then I have to do a press tour, and they'd be like, So you were fucking a guy the whole time, right? And you were like, Kind of. He was like half hard, like, you know, saying all that stuff. Um, I forgot what, what, where that was going. Business, us, favorite oh, moments. Oh, okay. No. So, in the event that you had something happen in your career where it was like, Well, this is your moment, and you oh, yeah. didn't know if you were ever going to have a moment like this, I do think a that. A moment like this beautiful shout out to kelly i actually hope she's the one who wins that daytime war i didn't like ruse i thought rue was i'm gonna say it i thought rue was kind of dumb i think kelly clarkson should take over colbert conan they can all go and kelly clarkson colbert's very like colbert's fine i'm kidding we'd love any writing jobs on any staff (laughs) well here's the thing (laughs) i'm like well no 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 (laughs) I do like all the late night stuff, but in terms of she's date, they're all in a daytime war, right? No, I, yeah, yeah, right, right. So it but was you want Jerry. Her to beat Ellen? <laughs> no, no, no. She they're they're like in a three way war. You don't know this. It's like it's like Rue Jerry O'Connell. Is that him? The guy the guy who's hot now. Over Wendy Williams, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who who's like hot now? Who's like from Stand by Me? He was like yeah. like Gordy or whatever. Uh, maybe not Gordy, but the fat one. And Gordo. I love fat men, by the way. So I know I've been like fat this, fat that. I was a fat man. I fuck fat man. I love fat men. Anyways. Um, and then there's Kelly. And I think she had the best talk show out of the three because I think Rue is great. But I do kind of want to see him more in a context of like talking to like queer people and drag and all that stuff. And Jerry was just kind of like blah. But Kelly is like, she's good at asking questions. She like talks too much, which is perfect. And she like sings amazing in the middle of interviews. I'm like, that's what we want. Because you see yourself in her. That's why. Yes. <laughs> and I see you in her. That means so much. Yeah. Because I'm Miss Independent. <laughs> that video, after we're done with this podcast, actually now I am f- ready to wrap up because I actually do think we should watch Miss Independent on YouTube um, together. Chunky highlights. That's all I have to say. Chunky, chunky highlights. Oh. Um, also, wait. We also connect on Practical Madge. Yeah. We connect on Practical Madge on, on many levels. What else do all we... All witchery. All witchery, except 
Not the craft, surprisingly enough. Yeah, it's like fine. Yeah, but did you see it back in the 90s? Because you were totally that. No, I were, lived it. <laughs> but you were totally that era. That's true. You you would have been like junior high, eighth grade era. I know, but I missed it because, again, I was living it. But Yeah. Um, Thank you guys all so much for listening to our first sneak peek episode yeah. of Living with Jonathan and Katie. Stay tuned for crazy. Crazy guests. Again, we're going to have Satanists and Scientologists. Nudists. And nudi- yes, nude. Because I yeah. want to see how uncomfortable you are with that Ugh, in your apartment. I will be horrified. We all have to be nude in order oh, to make him comfortable. No, that's not your nudists love to make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> well, on that note. Bye. bye. Raise your glass and take control. Okay, Miss Independent, now. Why am I still talking? <laughs>